Hi, I'm Sabrina. And I'm Kyle. We are so excited to bring you the Her Journey by Faith podcast. We are so grateful that you are here to listen. We are both wives and moms on a mission to equip ourselves and other women with the gospel. We have both seen drastic changes in our own lives as we have learned to surrender our plans to God and follow Him in obedience. We have felt this huge calling to share our faith journey as we build a relationship with Jesus. We know that learning the gospel is an ever-growing process, and we encourage you to pull out your Bible with us. Together, we will study the truth of God's word, learn to surrender to him, seek him in the good times, the hard times, and find our purpose in this life. Hey guys, welcome back to the Her Journey by Faith podcast. Today, we are finishing up our homeschooling conversation. So if you missed last week's, make sure you go back and listen to that first because today is part two and we are going to close out this two-part series. I want to go into, we already talked some on like fears and feelings of inadequacy. And I think that's just something that we're always going to struggle with, with anything in life, especially parenting, like not just the decision to homeschool our kids, but everything, you know, we're always going to feel like we're not doing a good job. We're always going to feel like we're falling short. And I already talked a lot about my primary ones, but I I do want to share just in the, in the last few months, like really leading up to this, just some, some things that I've gone through that have really made me question our decision. And of course, you know, you're going to face that enemy opposition. And I feel like there's just been so many different things, but I have not had a lot of support from family members, from close people in my life. And that's really sad to me. Um, I wish that we could all just respect that whatever a parent decides to do with their children is what's best because they're the parent. But I would be lying if I said that, you know, hearing comments from family members, from friends wasn't really hard for me and didn't make me question myself and question what, what I was doing, you know, am I qualified to do this? But I think we just have to realize that we're always going to face those things as parents, no matter what we choose for our children. And we have to trust that God gave our, gave our children to us to steward on this earth. and we know what's best for our kids. If we are following God, if we're being obedient to them and especially with something like homeschooling, when you are going against the norm, I know it's becoming a bit more normal. And like I said, a lot more families are doing this. It's still against, you know, the world. So you're, you're going to have that opposition. You're going to have that backlash and we just really need to lean into God and trust that he is going to give us the skills, the strength, the courage, the patience, all the things that we need every single day to do a good job. And it's not going to be perfect, but I, I really believe that, you know, we, there's nobody better than than us to teach our kids, especially when it comes to teaching them about God. And like Sabrina and I both touched on, you know, our primary goal is to teach them about God and are they going to get the exact same education that they would in a school? No, but they're also, you know, they wouldn't be learning about, about God at all if they were in a different school. So I think it's just really important when, if, if you do face that opposition face people in your life who aren't supporting you that you just really hold fast to your beliefs and know that you know that God is going to equip you with what you need to 
to disciple your kids and teach them in the way that you need to, in the way that he's calling you to. Yeah. And I was actually talking to you about this, Kyle, but we'll share here too, how your transition to homeschooling is kind of in a different time. Everyone's kind of went back to school. What happened a couple of years ago has kind of went away. And I was telling her how I didn't really feel like I didn't have negative comments and lack of support because I was in a time period where it was very common Yeah, <laughs> um, because everybody was like, no, we're not, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And it was just accepted more. Um, but one of my fears and really feeling of inadequacy that I felt was, you know, I had some background in working with kids and in working in the schools, but these were my own kids. And these were, you know, grades that I had never really dealt with. And also a bigger, a bigger, broad, um, education. It wasn't just OT handwriting. <laughs> um, and so I just honestly feel like I didn't know what I was doing at all. And it was a very heavy weight for me to say, I'm pulling you, you've had this eight plus years of education in the school, but now it's my turn. How am I going to measure up <laughs> to what you've done for the last, you know, this many years? But I felt like I was really walking blind through that. And that was scary for me. Um, and, and who is there when we when we feel like we're walking blind, it really is God. He is the one who led me to the curriculum that I'm using to the people that I need to be around and to, to be able to do the things that I need to do for my kids. Yeah. I love that. And I, I don't know, just for me personally, like every time I feel like that opposition, every time I feel inadequate, I mean, I just can't even tell you all the times, like I've randomly met a mom that is homeschooling or my husband met, you know, a father whose family homeschools at baseball. So I just continue to be reminded that, you know, God reminds us that this is, this is what he's calling us to do. And just, you know, going off of what I was talking about, as far as our primary goal of raising our kids to know God, I want to share another Bible verse that I think is so appropriate. It is from Deuteronomy chapter six, verses five through nine. And it says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And I just think this goes along so well with the small glimpse of what I've seen in our, in our homeschool curriculum. And, you know, we are called to love God, to think about his commandments and to teach our children and not just when we pray at dinner time, not just on Sundays, when we go to church, we should really be tying it into every aspect of our life. And I love now that, and this is something that I know we've talked about in previous episodes, Sabrina and I have really tried to work on over the last year or two with our families is that it's just a norm. But I feel like for me personally, just being very new into this curriculum, it's made it so much more natural to tie God into every part of our life, not just when we're homeschooling, but in everything else, just the way that it ties it in. I don't know, for me, it's just really, it gives me more confidence to be able to show my kids that God is everywhere. His hands are on everything we're doing, not just on school now, not just in church, but 
you know, in our entire lives. And I just think this verse so beautifully reflects that, you know, we can't just hand the responsibility off to other people, um, to the, you know, even to their teachers, if your kids are in a Christian homeschool, you still need to be taking that responsibility to teaching that to your kids at home. Or, you know, just because you do go to church every Sunday and your kids go to, um, you know, Bible school that you need to be taking that as your primary role in, in everything you do. And there's so many different ways to do that. Even if, even if you're not homeschooling, even if you're not using, you know, a Christian homeschool program, just from family devotionals, prayer, worship. I mean, we've covered this in past episodes, but it's just so important. And this has just shown me, given me even more confidence to be able to do that with our family. I love that. And I have to say that the concept of intertwining school and biblical knowledge and just learning about Jesus was so foreign to me. I, you know, being raised in the public school and also going to church, um, I, it was separated. My life was always separated. It was never together. And so starting to read my kids English book and history book and really realize that, it was really intertwined. Um, why can't we learn about the history of the Bible? So it's just been really eye-opening to me. And it, it felt awkward at first and kind of like, oh, well, I don't know about this. Even for me as somebody who was trying to grow in my faith to now, like my kids don't even ask, like my oldest would ask me like, mom, why do I have to learn about Moses and history? And I'm like, <laughs> and now he doesn't even ask. He's just like talking about, you know, people from the Bible in his history class, they intertwine it with obviously other history that is learned in the schools, but it's just really cool to see the shift in him as well of, and myself as we're no longer feeling, it's not feeling foreign anymore. It's just feeling natural. I love that. That's such a cool testimony on, on him too, you know, not just for, yeah. for you, but, um, I know I'm already learning a lot <laughs> alongside, uh, my yeah. son, even though we just got started. It's really, really fun to to watch and see and be a part of. (laughs) So we're going to jump into kind of a little tip just for prep and setting up and kind of what we have done. And this obviously looks so different for every family and even every child, but it is really important to set up and um, just kind of have a plan and organize your days so they can run calm and smooth for your children and for you, especially if you're home with them full time. So for me, uh, with each year, I feel like my organization and prep has gotten better as well as my expectations. So I've kind of upped my organization in the beginning. It was, it was messy because I'm a messy person. (laughs) Um, I just kind of go with the flow. I was like, oh, these, this curriculum is open and go. That means we literally don't have to do anything. You can just (laughs) give these kids the books and say, do this. Um, But as I got into the curriculum, you know, there are some things that I could do some prep work that I could do as their mom to not feel so scatterbrained, especially when I had four kids coming to me saying, what do I do? Or this says I need this material, or this says I need to do this. And, um, I was doing it all as a, you know, just on the fly and it wasn't working. So this year I really made sure to be more organized with that, but also my expectations. So I had these expectations, even though I was super messy in the beginning that it was going to run smoothly and that everybody was going to sit down and it was going to go perfect. And that was not the case. And it still (laughs) isn't the case. You know, we have days and moments where I'm just like, this is crazy town. Like there's babies crying and Cheerios flying and it's just like, oh my gosh. But, um, 
you just have to expect those moments, like any moment in your household. It is not going to be Pinterest perfect homeschooling where everyone's sitting around the table. There's moments of that, that you're just like, it's happening, but it's not all the time. So um, releasing those expectations. And like I said, it was really messy, um, especially it, it still can be with little ones, but Um, I am still using an open and go curriculum. There is very little prep for me, but I did add some things to our homeschooling, like giving my kids each their own individual binders and making sure that they have their own schedules from their books in there. So they know what they're doing and they're able to be a little bit more independent with that. I am using a planner this year so I can kind of keep myself on track for which week we are at least in our curriculum. That way I can keep them like, okay, we're going to take a break here. So let's make sure we finish week five this week. Let's finish week six this week. Um, But there's flexibility in that. If we take a day off, then they can do two days on Tuesday. Some of the curriculum allows for that. It's pretty simple or it can be doubled up, you know, or we make it up in a different place. But also I made a teacher's manual. So instead of having to go through each of the four kids' textbooks and finding the answers. It's all in one binder and it's really made my life super simple. So they just leave their work out when it's done. And I am able to pull my teacher's binder out, sit down and just go through everything and pull anybody who needs help or correcting with any of the work that they did. I love all those tips. I've gotten so much from Sabrina since we're just getting started, but I have to laugh when you said it's not (laughs) Pinterest perfect, because there was one day where I, so I had it in my head that I was going to homeschool when my one-year-old was sleeping. And Sabrina was like, don't do that. Cause then you don't have any time for yourself. So I'm like, okay, we're <laughs> going to try this when he's awake. Like he is, you know, like he's a crazy toddler who's trying to walk and he can't yet. So anyways, it's like, I can't just like, he, he's not safe. So anyways, <laughs> I, I just wish I would have taken a picture of our space after we were done because it was like toys everywhere, paper, every like, and I am a very like organized person. I have everything where it's supposed to go. So I just had to laugh when you said that because it was definitely not Pinterest perfect. Um, but to be honest, it was one of our best days. So, you know, it's not always going to be pretty, but, um, I don't have a lot to share as far as prep setup. Um, other than I totally agree with Sabrina that, you know, you have to, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but you do need to have some space set up just so it's calm for your family. Like I, every, you know, before we get started, I like to have their calendar out. I make sure the desk is cleared off just so, you know, from a kindergartner's perspective, like they're going to be distracted if there's things all over the place. So the organization, even though I'm a very organized person, like I realize my role is to do it for, for my son and so that he can be focused and, you know, not totally distracted, but we did do a little renovation to our office just to make a bigger space, to make two desks. Um, not to say you have to do something like that, but it really has helped to organize because my husband also works from home some. So we just really needed to have our space set up for success for our family. And I have taken a lot of tips from Sabrina as far as having the binders and, um, but I, there are so many like Facebook groups out there. So if you don't have any, other moms who are seasoned that you can ask for tips, I would ask there because there's, there's just so many resources out there just to kind of help you get set up. But, um, it's just kind of, you know, figuring out what works best for your family. Like Sabrina said, they've kind of, you know, changed things up over the last three years. So I'm sure, I'm sure we will be too, but for me, just, you know, 
I I've set stuff stuff up in a way that my kids know where things go so they can kind of help put things away and get things out, but also so that I can easily put things away at the end of the day. So that we're kind of starting with a clean slate every day, just to make it run smoothly for everybody. I love that. And going off of what you said about, you know, just having that set up for him. Um, one thing I want to say too, is I've learned and I've noticed it's, it's easy to be really lax in the homeschooling environment. And I was for a while. And I think I just did that because it was our transition time. But I realized if I was too relaxed and like, oh, we're skipping today or, oh, we're doing this or, oh, you know, I didn't have time to purchase your materials or, oh, you know, whatever my kids, especially the older kids started to to have the same attitude about school where it was more of a relaxed thing. It wasn't as important to them. And even though we don't do school very long each day, I really want them to be focused and take it seriously. And so I really changed my tone this year and they really stepped up and changed their tone. So it's no longer just like a relaxed thing. It's, 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 they know that it's their job to be educated each day and it's important to show up and be their best selves and give it their all for those couple hours that we sit down and do it. Um, and so just no paying attention to your tone we all have days and that's okay. And that's the beauty of homeschooling. We can, if somebody's sick or if we want to go be a part of something, we can just shut down for the day and go, but just overall, your overall tone of the school year, making sure that it's, you're making it a priority and a responsibility and you're taking it seriously so that that your kids follow. And you'll see that as they get older, I think it's easier to be more lax when they're little. And a lot of moms are able to do that, but for me personally, I noticed my older two were not taking school seriously because I wasn't. (laughs) So I love that. And I think like, there are definitely responsibilities you can give to your kids at every age. I mean, I know you said your older kids can kind of just check things off and do it themselves. And whereas, you know, my kindergartner needs a lot of help, but Mm -hmm. I made like a daily schedule for him and we do it together every morning. So, you know, he checks off what subjects he did, you know, I put a chore in for him every day, any extras. So even though I'm still basically holding his hand through it all, like you said, it, it makes it a job for him. Like he needs to check all these things off every single day. I mean, obviously there's going to be, um, circumstances where things change, but like, yeah, I think definitely just showing them like this, this is what we're doing. This is your responsibility. And, you know, you're going to obviously help them along the way, but I think you can set those expectations up from a very young age too. So going into our school days now and just kind of how they look, I'm going to just do a quick rundown. Obviously I already told you guys, I homeschool four of my kids, um, grade second through 10th grade. And then we have two littles that are just kind of along for the ride. Um, I usually start my day with two of my kids. So my two girls, cause they're kind of more early risers and morning people. Um, and I then filter in the other two. So, um, it's easier for me kind of to just help them individually with the harder subjects, which are for our family math, especially everybody pretty much needs my help with math. And then we transition into English that way I get one-on-one time with each student as if we were all just sitting down at the same time, I would be very overwhelmed because they would all need my help. Um, if more than one student sits down, then I kind of have them do an easier subject first, like handwriting or cursive or something like that, where they can do it more independently. 
but my kids are encouraged to work independently and just ask for help if needed. This wasn't the case last year. Even I was over my head reading every single book to my kid, kind of being a helicopter, wanting to know it all, wanting to know everything they were learning and really wanting to guide their education handholding way too much. And I learned through the homeschooling community that especially as they get older, it was my job to kind of more oversee and let them, you know, do it independently, let them grow and learn on their own. So my 10th grader now does all his work independently. I check all of their work at the end of each day, obviously helping with questions as they need it. Um, they can take breaks whenever they want to, obviously not within the first subject. I'm like, you need to finish <laughs> at least math first and then sure, go take a break. Um, I do have times where I will have, you know, one of the older kids take 15 minutes or so to play with the little ones if they're no longer entertained at the table. So they'll go take them and have a popsicle with them or do like a little dance party in the family room. And that really gives me more quality time with the other kids. So that's been nice, especially with multiple older kids. You know, if they each take 15, 20 minutes with the babies, then I'm getting a good hour to have one-on-one -on -one time with somebody who needs me. Uh, the little ones love to be involved. And that's something I never really did. Um, they kind of were just there last year and I was kind of just nursing through it, uh, just giving them snacks, putting on the TV. Uh, now the TV doesn't turn on until after school, after lunch. So quiet time is when they can have a little bit of TV time if they're not napping, but, um, it's really changed the tone. The kids, the little ones really like to be involved. And I tell them, it's time to do school. And my one-year-old now, even on the weekends, will run to the dining room at school time and like want to sit in her booster seat <laughs> and do an activity. <laughs> so it's, it's her routine now. And, um, my, my three-year-old is really wanting to do her own school already. So I've, I've started to let her lead and pull out worksheets and let her trace triangles and circles, or she gets a whiteboard and she just loves coloring with the expo markers. Um, so just don't, don't just push your littles to the side it's so important, especially if they're young to just start to include them. Even if it's just 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, you know, giving them a snack at the table, just letting them be involved. So that way they don't feel like they're just being discarded and like, Oh, this is when mom just ignores me for two hours. Mm. Um, it's been a game changer for both of my two little ones. And I have gotten some tips from a few other moms and just people on how to do that because this is something that's going to be a part of our life for a long time. It's not going to go away. And so the sooner I can get them involved in that time period, the, the easier it'll be for our entire family. I love that. You've definitely taught me a lot about that in our short time. I can say like with our, my kindergartner's curriculum, it's very basic right now. So my three-year-old is basically like doing everything he's doing. I mean, obviously I modify some for him, but it's, it's cool to be able to see them kind of do it together when he is home. And, um, yeah, we're just really still finding our groove. I mean, we do have our schedule in the mornings. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm really trying to do it while the baby is awake, just so he can just be a part of it from the beginning as Sabrina suggested for us. And I just want to say, I've talked to so many homeschool moms, Sabrina being one of them who said it can take a whole year to really figure out what works for your family. So I'm just kind of expecting that this is going to change in this first year, that there's going to be juggling, that there's going to be ups and downs and just really trying to kind of not let go. I mean, I have my plan and organization, but 
not being so obsessed with like, this is how things are going to go. And just kind of more allowing my kids to lead and really figuring out what works for them and just leaning into resources in our community, within our church, and just, you know, going from there. In closing, I do want to share one more Bible verse. It's Isaiah 41 10. And it is so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Obviously the the main theme of this is we need not to fear because God is with us and he is going to strengthen us, especially where we feel like we lack. And when you're going down the homeschooling road, there are so many fears that come up a lot that we've touched on today, feelings of inadequacy, lack of socialization, not sure that we know what we're doing and many more, but you, if you just cling to this Bible verse, it will really help you and strengthen you and remind you that you are not alone and God will guide you. So in closing, I think for me, at least, I think the biggest thing is that choosing to homeschool isn't always the easiest choice. And it also doesn't mean that you are anti-public school or are judging other people for what they're doing for their family. It really just comes down to choosing what's best for your family and what God is calling you to. God calls us to it, even if we aren't qualified, and he will then work with us to grow in the fruit of the spirit that we need to be able to do this for our kids and for our family. For my kids, this has really been such a beautiful transition, something that I will never regret. I love learning alongside them and really watching them learn and grow together. So if you are feeling any sort of tug at all, I encourage you to just read some books, look into resources, pray about it, and allow God to lead you Uh, most importantly, just walking in obedience and he will direct you to the path that you need to be. And at the end, just really God gave you those kids for a reason. And their little lives are so short in the beginning. You only get those first 18 years and it's really cool to be able to make a difference in those lives on a more personal one-on-one level. I love that. I can just relate to so much of that. And I know we're so new to it, but I just love the tone that it's setting for our day and for our family. And, and like you said, just having this, this time where, you know, he's not going off to kindergarten at school every day. It's just really, really valuable. And I love that Bible verse. I think that's so, so needed and just so impactful that, you know, the world is going to tell you that you're not going to succeed at this, that you're not going to do a good job, that you should have your kids somewhere else. But that's just because so much of the world is trying to separate family and, you know, separate kids. And, you know, the enemy is always working against kids being in their homes and of course, learning about God. So we just really need to grow even deeper in our faith. I think that's one thing for me that this journey has really done personally is just made me lean into my faith and grow and grow in my relationship with God. And, you know, you're going to pass it on to your kids, but you just need to stand firm in your beliefs and what you're doing and, and just know that God is leading you and, and that you are doing what's best for your kids. So with that, I am going to close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us back together in this space. I know there has been a lot of work against us and against this ministry, but we are just so thankful that you have brought Sabrina and I here to be able to share our stories. We thank you for the journeys that you have put us through to get both of us here to this place and to be able to share our stories for our testimonies. We are thankful for all of the moms who have gone before us, who have 
we have gained their testimonies in order to give us strength and courage. And Lord, we just pray for all of our kids going back to school this year, whether they're being homeschooled, whether they're in public or private schools, that you just may be with them and that you may guide them and protect them and change their hearts and just keep you in the center of their lives. And Lord, we pray for all of our homeschooling moms that you may just give them strength and courage and patience and peace about where they're at and help them to know that you will equip them with everything that they need in order to be successful and teach their children in the home. And for all of the moms who are thinking about it, that you may just be on their hearts, soften their hearts, guide them, give them the resources that they need in order to follow you in obedience and make the decisions that are best for their families. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to tune in with us. We pray that this episode spoke to you and helped reveal some of God's truth in your life. If this message was helpful to you, we ask that you do us a huge favor and share it with others to help spread God's word. You can help us by subscribing to the Her Journey by Faith podcast to make sure you always hear what's new. Write us a review on iTunes, send this episode to a friend, or share it on your Instagram and tag us at Her Journey by Faith. We can't wait to chat with you next week. Until then, go out and shine God's light and truth.